hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Howdy and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast and we're up to week two of uh, 2021 and so far it's looking okay. We're into it with a brand new attitude, uh, you know, a whole, well for us it's kind of like what the hell, I'm just going for it attitude and, and let's see how that goes. So far I've lost a bit, little bit of weight this year too so let's see how that goes as well. Now, last week we had Tyson talking about, you know, putting a lot of heart into business and how that is the way forward. You know, no matter what anybody says, if you haven't got your heart in your business and your heart in your life, you know, you're really missing out. And this is true also for compassion, which is part of it, you know. And I think that when we do our jobs, whatever job that is, and even if it's, you know, something that we work for, we work for ourselves, if you have compassion for those you're serving, that everything changes. And today of my guest is Leanne Alec. Now she has built a life and built a career in the medical industry that is completely based on compassion and, you know, making sure that the, the people she serves really, really get the best of everything. And in particular, she focuses on technology and a gap in technology. Now she's got one hell of a story. And I don't know how she's coped because, um, you know, working with uh, sick kids, but, you know, hear it out, hear her story because it's it's in- incredible. It's something that would probably break most of us. But because of her deep level of compassion, she's, um, you know, found a way to be, talk about it in an empowering way. And I, I, I truly love it. So she's really gotten off the bench to make sure th- the best is available for, for the people she works with. So let me tell you about it. As one of Australasia's most successful medical technology business leaders, Leanne Alec is a passionate oncology advocate and global healthcare specialist with over 25 years experience in both clinical and corporate environments with executive leadership. Leanne began her career immediately after graduating from the University of Sydney, working at the Prince of Wales and Liverpool hospitals in Sydney. With a desire to help patients on a larger scale and make a significant impact within the healthcare industry, she transitioned into oncology and medical business, working for several high-profile companies specialising in the latest technology. There she was able to continue her passion of oncology and medical research together with business development, commercial investment and advocacy, expanding her network and business relationships locally and internationally. Leanne is a graduate of the Australian Institute of Company Directors, so the GAICD. She is an honorary clinical fellow and a university guest lecturer in both Australia and New Zealand. Leanne is a graduate of the Harvard Business School and the Harvard Medical School, having recently completed genetics, cancer genomics, precision oncology and therapeutics. 
Leanne is also an international keynote speaker, writer, and women in leadership advisor. Wow. (laughs) Welcome, Leanne. Thank you, Karen. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. And I'm very, very excited. Yes, well, my pleasure. I tell you what, you, um, you've you really caught my attention because of the um, just the amount of heart and compassion that you put into what you do. Last week, we had uh, Tyson Sharp talking about, um, you know, heart in business, because I wanted to start this year really strong with, um, you know, how much we care about people, putting heart, putting compassion, putting kindness into the world and into what we do every day. And, you know, you... You know, you really stand out to me as a person who really throws compassion into everything you do to to help the people that you serve. So I'm really, really excited to have you on. I really so thank you very much for giving up some of your time. I'm sure you're still on holidays, are you? No, I am a little bit. Thanks, Karen. No, it's my pleasure to be here. Um, I am having a little bit of a break, but um. Being being on on this podcast and, and and talking to you, I'd always make time. And thank you very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. You're you're such a you're such a good egg. I tell you what, you, you really <laughs> try are. to be. Try to be a little a, a little a little bit naughty sometimes, but that's all right. You got to have you got to have a bit of an edge. Yeah, that's well. That's the bit I like about you. Yeah. <laughs> especially with what I do. You got to have a, a a happy and a, and a bit of a cheeky side. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's you know that that gives um gives personality, doesn't it? Gives a bit of charm and character when you're trying to do um difficult work, and and I think that a lot of your work is um it's difficult, but you have found an amazing way to to deal with stuff. So, uh, you know, in the intro, I talked about you going into you know, working in the medical field and then sort of moving through uni and then coming into the hospitals, but then moving through oncology and into business. So tell us about your your journey and how you, well, how you came to be where you are now, but starting right back, maybe as a kid, tell us, did you want to be a doctor? <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. When I was little, yeah. Um, I always wanted to be in the medical field in in some way, shape or form, right from uh, really telling my mum off when she put my Band-Aid on the wrong way when I was three. (laughs) Um, And then when I hit sort of about the age five, I got a a, a Christmas gift or a birthday gift. It was the game Operation. I'm not sure if you remember it. It's it's a game with a, a it's technically a patient a board sort of a board game that makes noises and you need to be able to put different parts of the body anatomical parts of the body back in the right place and i was absolutely obsessed with this game and to the point that I wouldn't play it without wearing my at this at that stage you you know you could get these sort of nurses and doctors yeah, outfits yeah. which I got mum and dad or my, my grandparents bought me so I had you know my hat on I had my plastic stethoscope around my neck you know my little <laughs> white cape um you know the the red cross that's on the hat and I just thought I was in the moment and I was there in the operating theater putting the pieces of well, organs really back, back, back into the patient. And what I found is I got really upset when I was playing with people and they would purposely make it buzz because they'd make it buzz when they hit the edge or, you know, they weren't putting the right piece because it wasn't the right shape in the right space. And that to me wasn't funny. That to me was, no, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) So I've always had this 
fascination, I guess, with the human body and with everything being right and being correct. Mm. And also if it wasn't right and correct, then what can I do to make better? Mm. So as I grew up, um, I used to build lots of things. I was very, um, mum actually thought I might actually been an engineer. I used to watch the Thunderbirds and, and mum would keep bullet rolls and string and, and, you know, sticky tape and stickers and stamps and I'd make these contraptions. So I was quite innovative when I was young as well. And then I used to watch a lot of medical shows. So Quincy um, and shows that, you know, were based sort of in, in hospitals. And I was just obsessed. So when I was about 12, 13, I said to mum, I actually want to be a, a forensic pathologist. Wow. And mum looked at me with open eyes and said, oh, I don't know about that. And I said, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I want to do autopsies. I want to be able to find answers. I want to find what's wrong with people and give families and also the person that had passed away closure. And I want to be able to provide a solution. So I was always very solution oriented. And mum said to me, Karen, you'll love this. I think you might be better when you can actually talk to someone <laughs> because I love talking. And yeah. I said, well, I can still talk. I can still talk to, to people who aren't alive. Yeah. And she said, yeah, but you like to have a conversation. And I said, yeah, I, I, that's true. I, I do like reciprocating, you know, <laughs> and, you know, having reciprocation and talking and having someone talk back to me. So then I thought, right, okay, so I might actually work in the medical field with people who are actually alive. And then I thought about the industries and where I would like to specialise. And th this is at a really young age. And, you know, mum and I talked about it and, and dad too, but, you know, dad being a typical dad, you know, do whatever you want. He knew I was a bright kid. So, you know, just decide what you want. And I said, look, I think I might go into an area where I find there is no closure. There are no answers. Um, and there is no cure. And of course that turned into being oncology mm. and that's exactly what I did. And I loved it. I still love it, even in the business that I do now. And it is, it, I, I, I like to think that I have achieved a lot in the industry and hope, hopefully have made a difference, especially to, you know, people's lives and families. Um, and especially coming out of university and, specializing in pediatric oncology which is really the the mm. toughest out of out of the lot wow how did you cope like you're dealing with you would have you would have come did you come straight out of uni into your oncology I did so um without you know I don't have tickets on myself for anyone who is listening. That is not the case. <laughs> I, 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 did <laughs> I did accelerate through high school. So I started university quite young, at, at just turned 16 and happened wow. to, um, yeah, shame that I couldn't, you know, go into the uni bar though with all my, with all my friends. <laughs> but anyway, that, that came later, but I really missed out um, on that, on, you know, that, that social you know, um, initiation, I guess, into university, but that's all right. I've made up for it later. Um, and I also accelerated through university. So I did um, qualify and graduate quite young. I went straight because I, I specialized in oncology. I went straight into oncology within the hospital. When I first started working at Prince of Wales, yeah. I was straight into the oncology department and faced with 
a choice of whether I wanted to specialize with children only, children and adults. Um, and this also was because Prince of Wales is located in Sydney, in, in Randwick, it was also like from a location perspective, very close to um, a maximum security prison. Yeah. So we also had to deal with prisoners that uh, presented with cancers. And of course, these most of them were, were, were men. It was a, a male um, high ma a maximum security prison that had, um, you know, cancers that younger guys get. So, mm. you know, as a, as a young you know, oncologist going into that field, you know, having to sort of choose where I wanted to specialise. And, you know, it's hard when you're dealing with someone that has done the wrong thing and has wronged someone in a big way to then have that psychological and that that mental capacity as a, as a, as a young doctor to say, well, I actually want to save your life mm. because deep down it's like well no you don't deserve it and I deserve mm. to be able to help someone else but you can't do that yeah you know they 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 deserve the best care also so there was a lot of struggle um, initially I still loved it um I saw it as a challenge to be honest but what I was absolutely taken aback by and and just um it, it, it just drew me in and I was compelled by helping children and their families. And so I ended up starting with pediatric oncology. Wow. And, and that would have been, so, so there's a couple of things in that you would have been very, very young. That was one thing. And yes. I'm not saying you're very, very old now, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a while ago, like, you know, med medicine, Medicine advances very quickly, you know, yep. every decade or, you know, so, so that we're talking, you know, I don't know, three decades ago or two dec, you know, two, whatever, 25, 30 years ago. Yep, and 25, so, yeah, it was in the nineties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so the middle to late nineties. Yeah. Yep. So 25, so years, 25 ago, so. years ago. And medicine has, especially in oncology, but also, I mean, all medicine, I mean, look at genetics now and, and, and genomics and, you know, DNA sequencing and everything that's happening there, mm. you know, none of that was around in any kind of medicine, but oncology in particular, because it is a terminal illness in most instances, even a benign lesion uh, causes death because a lot of benign lesions and benign lesions are those that aren't cancerous. Mm. They uh, grow quite quickly and have detrimental effects on other areas of the body and other organs and, and, and press on nerves and veins and arteries and, 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 you know, especially within the brain, there's lots of, lots of goodies in our heads that can easily be, be, be squashed and, and manipulated to a point where, you know, we, we lose our function, we lose our speech, we lose our ability to, you know, you know walk and talk. And, and, and this is from a non-malignant lesion. So, mm. you know, it's, in, it's important that, um, you know, and I think in, in the face of medicine, it was important that there was big discoveries in oncology because of the fact that most people that were diagnosed were facing back then an imminent death mm. and it's come such a long way and to the point now that with a lot of cancers people just live their normal lives their quality of life is great yeah they've been diagnosed with cancer they've had some treatment it's been a little bit of a tough journey you know no 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 you know sort of medical journey when you have a disposition is 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 easy mm. 
Um, but they're still alive and they're still spending time with their families, watching their families grow, watching themselves grow and develop as well. And almost, you know, dying of, of um, a, a, another condition um, instead of, rather than of. So that that's fantastic. Mm. But back, I agree, but back then, um, when you're saying, you know, most people would die, we're talking about kids dying, yep. you know, yep. and and as I said, you know, you would have been young, like because, you, you know, you come out of uni young and you're straight yep. into dealing with, with um, kids. I, I can't even... I know, you know, I feel like I feel sick and I feel like bursting into tears, you know, thinking about yeah. um, little kids dying like and and I'm an adult who's learnt a lot of uh, coping skills, you know, over time. But as a young person coming in your 20s, you know, you you haven't had that experience to come up with all these coping skills. So how did you manage um, being around that and the, the, the trauma of the families and the I know the kids, most of them are real tough little nuts. You know, I've seen them and they seem to manage, but the families are, are going through. You must have taken that home and, I mean, that must have been terrible. Yeah, I did, Karen. I did, yeah. And and it's hard. So, and you're right. So prognosis back then for childhood cancers was was almost zero. Um, most of them did pass away. Um, so my, my I, I guess the youngest um, child that I treated uh, was six months. So oh, you know these wow. are these are babies, and these are these are babies that are born with you know a condition uh, up to about eighteen years, and it is hard dealing with the families. Mm-hmm. Also, when the children become sort of school age, having to deal with the child from a psychology point of view, where not only are you trying to help them get through their disease and Mm. help them survive and give them the tools to live their life as best as possible. But they're there and the, and the parents and the support of of the parents and the friends is, is, is vital. You know, they also need help, but also then going to school and being teased because you're having chemotherapy and you've lost your hair. Mm. And then they coming back to us the next day saying, I don't want to have any more treatment. I don't want any more chemo because it's making me look like this and I'm getting picked on. And, you know, it breaks your heart. And I used to go home and cry and I was young and I was almost, I should, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's true that I wasn't mature enough to deal psychologically with that kind of trauma that mm. I was being exposed to on a daily basis. And also living a life of being the expert, they look at you as you're going to save my child's mm. life or the yeah. child you're going to make me better. And so there's this expectation. And and Karen, you know what I'm like. I have massive expectations of myself, let yeah. alone the expectations that others put on me. So okay. that itself was a big burden. So going home, um, it was it's a fine line. You can't become hardened because you can't be someone that loses that vulnerability and that sensitivity to the Mm. patients, but at the same time, it takes its toll. So my mum was really good at supporting me. Um, She understood everything that I was going through. Um, My dad also, but, you know, mums are mums. And from a, you know, emotional and and, and sensitivity point of view, mum used to listen to what I had to say. 
she would just let me talk. She would let me cry. She would offer advice. And, and you know, she wasn't qualified to do this, but she was my mum, and she offered some awesome advice and support. The other thing I did, you know, have, knowing that I had mum there and, and had that support from a, a verbal understanding was great, but also removing myself and giving myself some downtime and allowing myself to be me and decompress and do the things that I really love. Uh, mm. I am a mathematical person. So, you know, being in medicine and being in, in the scientific area, you, you're a mathematical person. So I loved, you know, building things. I loved getting tools and, and you know, getting, you know, getting pieces, almost like Lego. And I had a Meccano set that I used to take out, you still used to keep me mentally stimulated because mm. I was achieving something and there'd be, you know, an outcome at the end. But yeah. when you're trying to build something and when you have building blocks and you are trying to figure out strategically where they need to go, it does actually make you switch off. And that's exactly what I needed. I still needed to be stimulated. I still needed to be able to feel that I had purpose, but without thinking of all the sadness and, and the trauma that my work brought me, even though it brought me much joy also. So being able to switch off, I also love fashion. I still do. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I love, I love fashion. I love, you know, being sort of quite unique in the way that I am and quirky and that also being creative you know, in oncology and, and in, in medicine, you do need to be creative. It's not, you know, black and white medicine. There is a, a, a creative side and a, and, and a creative attribute to that kind of science. And mm. that I, I took away into clothing and into to makeup. And I wasn't a real girly girl at all, not, 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 not by any means, but I just love putting prints together with prints and laces with frills and being able to manipulate clothing and textures mm. and create something. And so I also did that, which I love. And to this day, I still do it, even with the high pressures of my work now. Mm. I love what you're saying there too about, um, you know, in the medical field, you have to be creative. And, and how true is that? Because as we were talking earlier, you know, the, all these advances that have happened in the medical field, you know, you know, and it's only because, and I see, you know, your logo is think outside the box, you know, your, your uh, catchphrase, you know, and it's, it's so important because we wouldn't, if it wasn't for people being creative, thinking outside the box, you know, and, and asking what if, you know, uh, we wouldn't have all these advances in medication, in, in, in the medical field, you know. So it's, um, it, it, it's, it's necessary, like people really, yeah, otherwise we're just following black and white guidelines forever and nothing changes. That's right. right? You're 100% correct. I couldn't agree more. Mm. Um, I tell, so with in the, in the business that I have now, and I, I teach a lot of this, um, and you're right, my sort of logo and, and mantra is think outside the box because all the good stuff happens outside the box. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is within a box or, or, or within a structure, so to speak. I mean, that's just a metaphor. Mm. And that's where you play it safe. But being creative, especially in medicine and technology, innovation comes from thinking outside the box. And yeah. I always say that all the good stuff happens on the outside, all the peripheral, mm. the, 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 the thought leadership and, and just ideas happen in the fog on the 
around yeah. around the box. And if you can get those ideas or bring those ideas to fruition, that's when you start making advances in medicine. You hear about breakthroughs. You hear mm. about areas that would never, ever have been tackled before or yeah. areas that would have never been brought to someone's attention and, and dealt with and you know, or, or, or solved. And that happens by thinking peripherally and thinking outside and being creative. And it's not even just in the medical and technology world, but it's in, you know, all different areas of, of business and all different industries as well. But in particular, now, of course, this is the area that I know it is happening. And what I'm finding too with COVID and what's happened during you know, the crisis, and we are still in the midst of it, but we are coping the best that we can, is people are starting to put their thinking caps on. And they are starting to think outside the box and go, well, actually, and this has got nothing to do with the COVID vaccination or vaccine. This is purely thinking, what about if I come up with an idea like this? And what about if I try and implement something like this. And, yeah. you know, there's there's a great quote that says, you know, uh, 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 oh, there are ideas or a dime a dozen, you know, and that's, you know, people within a box that are thinking about ideas, but it's those that are implemented or those, you know, bringing about to get off the bench, those people that actually get off the bench and implement is where great purpose and value and achievement is. And, yeah. and that's what I find has happened and that's what's continually happening in, in technology. Mm. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's the action part that's, you know, it's, we have to be able to dream, we have to find space to dream, you know, which is the creativity bit, but we also have to actually implement it. And when you're saying that, you know, I do work with um, leadership groups, and about thinking outside the box, you're just thinking differently, because that's you, it's so easy to be a sheep, you know, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. But you know, you're getting um, information put in front of you all the time, you know, and it's very easy to soak it up and to to, you know, follow that path of, of other people's information. But, and I do with them this uh, visualization to visualize how life could look, you know, and the, the, some of the things that come of it are, are just incredible. And people say, I, I would never have thought of that. I never thought about this for my yeah. life at all. And yet it's the one thing that is like, my God, I would be so happy if I was doing this, you know, and it's just a shame we've I suppose it's the education system too. It's taught us taught us what to think, you know, so we follow the path of what to think and uh, rather than how to think. And I think that's a shame. That That's right. And I think we've also become a little bit lazy, although that's changed yeah. really in the last six to eight months where we enjoy being spoon-fed information and we actually just want to gather information. There is an expert out there that has it. Yeah, that will do. I'm not going to think about it because it can't be bothered or there's something else I've got to do and I don't need to because someone else has done it and we have become quite complacent and a little bit lazy. However, yep. now with with you know the the innovation, you know, transformation and explosion really People have decided, well, actually, it's boring being lazy and it's boring just being spoon-fed. And I actually have got some really good ideas and I wonder where I can go with these. <laughs> yep. And yep. I wonder what I can do. Yeah. Mightn't have thought about it before, but, you know, the universe has opened all these doors now and it's a matter of people, you know, yeah, we're all scared and we're all hesitant and, and we all, 
you know, we've got our inner critics that try and hold us back. But it's, you know, I, I actually wrote an article on this, stepping through that door, because unless you do, you don't know what's on the other side. And that's how, you know, science and medicine and other, you know, in industry networks have grown and expanded because someone has been creative, taken the risk and stepped straight through that door. Yep. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It's, and it's, uh, you know, this whole business about, but someone else has already done it. Somebody else has written about that. You know, some other expert has already given us the data on that, you know, but, but, and, and in a way we discredit our own knowledge or our own thoughts or our own creativity, or our own ideas, you know, and we're like, no, no one's going to listen to me because I'm an expert has already said something, but that person wasn't an expert in the first place. Do you, you know, and there's, exactly. there's no reason why, like, I think that it's the new ideas, the breakthroughs, the your creative, creative, wow, what ifs, you know, that, that yeah. make the difference in the world. They really do put it out there and see what happens. And, you know, it might fail, but who cares? Do you, you know, I know you don't like, fa- I'm a better friend of failure than what you are. Yeah, I know I'm not that. Good with failure. No, I yeah, know. Failure is okay. <laughs> failure is okay. I, I just, I find it difficult. It is, it is. But you know what, with those experts that you were saying, they, they weren't experts. It took That's right. drive, ambition, and thinking clearly. And, and you know, so, someone doesn't become an expert, become an expert without failing that, because right. you learn some awesome lessons from, from mm. failing. So it, I, I, I've recently said, you know, we, we're taught that failing is bad because when we go to school, you get an F on, on your paper. You know, you're in trouble by the teachers. You get sent to the principal's office. Your mum and dad are upset with you. You know, so we, we, we've been trained to think that when you fail, it's negative and, and you are, you, you know, you, you're never going to amount to, amount to anything. It almost comes to that. That's actually wrong. And unfortunately, it's been instilled mm-hmm. in us since we were, were little but yep. it's not. We learn, you know, okay, we got in trouble, but you learn, okay, what did I, didn't I do right? What do I need to do better? Where do I need to improve? Mm. So those failings, and, and you're right, I do struggle, but, you know, I, I've learned that you can't be good at everything and to be yep. better, you need to fail and that's okay. I know. And there's so many great stories out there, isn't there? Like Michael Jordan being kicked off the basketball team and Oprah being told she's no good for TV. I mean, there's, there's this endless stories about that kind of stuff, but, and then they still make it through. It's persistence, it's courage, you know, all of those things just get you through, but yeah, I love it. So you did the um, pediatric oncology for seven years. That's a long, that is a long time to, to go through that. And that's, um, uh, but I like, love your idea about coping. I know you're saying that you were probably maturely young, you know, to to um, manage that kind of trauma. But, um, you know, the ideas you come up with, building stuff and, you know, doing puzzles and all that kind of stuff, That that's so, I think a lot of people listening to this can take that away. You know, that's not just about oncology and um, sick kids. It's, I think, any kind of stress, you know, um, that we all face and it's been particularly stressful last year and you know I'm sure a lot of people are are quite hopeful that 2021 is going to be different but I think it's going to be exactly the same unless we shift our attitude you know I think it's all about how we think and I think if you're you know with um, coping strategies you you know we we do get through better and I think what you've given there are fantastic coping strategies you know just to for any for any area of life I think yeah I love it that's great and yeah you're right um, this year, a lot of people have said, and it's and it is a little bit concerning 
A lot of people have said, oh, I can't wait till 2020, you know, is over and we hit 2021 and everything's mm. going to be different. It's going to go back to normal. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> yep. it's not. Um, so we just need to embrace that and it's it's a different way. And I'm not going to say it's the new normal because everyone says it's a new normal, but it's just a different mm. way of thinking. It is yep. allowing us opportunity. It's allowing us to be creative. Uh, also, it's given us opportunity to meet people that we would have never met before. Like you and I? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I wouldn't change that for the world. <laughs> Neither would I. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, there you've got to look at all the goodness that, is, that has yep. come from this. And I, I call it that we're all grieving, that we're all going through a grieving process through what's happened in mm. 2020, whether it is a family member that's passed away or overseas, not being able to go overseas and see family or mm. see, you know, a family that are sick, whether it's COVID or not, financial problems, mm. Uh, emotional, psychological, you know, uh, employment. I mean, the list goes on. So we, we, we're, we're yeah. all grieving in in some way, you know, mm. including myself. But it's how we deal with that and the support we have around us and, and the outlook. And I, you know, sometimes get a little bit down in the dumps as, as everybody does, but I look at what I've got and look at what I actually have achieved and the opportunity that has opened up for me during 2020 and, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, you know, who would have thought that you and I met Karen? Who would have thought yeah. that I would have launched into, you know, this this business and, and you know, taken it where it is? Who, who would have thought that um, medicine would have accelerated in a rate of knots? You yeah. know, there's there's been articles that have published, you know, the technology expanse. We are now five mm. years in advance of, of where we would have been because, of the limitations and people also embracing that and being able yeah. to make things work, being able to communicate in one way or another, having, you know, Zoom nights, having, um, you know, drinks over Zoom on a Friday night yeah. and, and virtual coffee chats and, you yeah. know, <laughs> lots of meetings over Zoom with people that you would have never, ever engaged with. So, you know, there's a lot of good also that's come out of it and I think people need to, not be too concerned with things in 2021 that haven't changed the way that you've wanted or been yeah. a little bit disappointed that, you know, there isn't a dramatic go back to the way it was mm. and, and have that control, you know, let's just go with it yeah, and, and embrace it and let's see where it takes us because so far yeah. it's actually not, hasn't been too bad. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. It's, and the grieving, I agree. You know, I, I, I've grieved over certain things that have changed, you know, and it's it's kind of like, um, you know, we came to a screeching halt, you know, like that record scratch. <laughs> suddenly there. Yeah. But it's, um, you know, the, it's, and, and the, the problem with humans is you know, our negative bias, you know, and we focus on the gap. You know, we, we there, there's, um, we focus on what we're lacking, what we've lost, you know, what, anyway, whatever it is, the gap. And we just do it. And I've done it. I know better. You know, I know I shouldn't, but I still do it. You know, we, we all um, default back to that. But it's if we can focus on um, if we really sit down and took stock of what we'd gained over the last 12 months, the, the list is incredible. Just like you're saying, you know, the list is 
is is amazing. You know, my list is massive. And yet, isn't it funny though, even though the list is massive, we still find ourselves focusing on that bloody gap. You know, yeah. I was I was yesterday, I Me said to Nikki, we sit down, we need to talk. You know, I said, I do, what are we gonna do? You know, what are we gonna do about this gap? And we kept saying to each other, we sh- we shouldn't be saying this, we shouldn't be saying, but we kept saying it, you know, it's color, kind of, we shouldn't be saying it. That's right. But we kept having the conversation. And it's um even when you know better, you know, you still do it. But um then I said, Oh God, just forget it. We're just gonna get up. We're, we've got our, our mantra this year is what the hell? Just do it anyway, you know, and um we're just gonna yeah. get up. But you 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 do find yourself getting down in the dumps and you know, moping around and but anyway. Now, so I, I need to we need to keep talking about you because <laughs> you know, and like you said, you know, you launched your your business last year. But be, before we get into that, because I want to talk about how how you got to that. So you had you did your seven years with um the kids in pediatric oncology and then you what happened then you I think for memory you got offered an op- opportunity to work in a um a bigger business with technological equipment yeah, so I I continued at Prince of Wales um so yeah specialized for seven years with the kiddies and, and I then was also towards the end of that also working with adults and adult patients and I then moved over to Liverpool Cancer Centre as um, deputy director and looked at sort of new technologies for for treating different types of cancers so Liverpool Cancer Centre had different tools and different machinery to be able to do different things and this is what I always say to you know um, departments and businesses that you know want to achieve more and they and they get frustrated is that you're actually only as good as the knowledge you have and the tools that Mm. you have and if you need more resources and if you need other expertise, then you need to go and find that. And moving from Prince of Wales to to Liverpool was great. It was it was a, a totally different demographic, you know, different group of, pa- of patients, no children at all. Um, but I found that I was still I was still limited. There was so much more that I could do. And I had been networking, and again, as you know, I love talking, with some industry partners. And I actually got offered a position with quite a large distributor in the medical device industry that wanted someone, well, they they wanted someone who had the scientific, medical and technical background and -hmm. clinical background and put that into a business environment and to be able to understand new treatments and help hospitals, departments, clinics be able to implement these new technologies for better patient care. Mm. And I thought, well, this is a, a great opportunity because now not only I'm not only limited by my tools because I have everything at my fingertips. So mm. I had we had partnered with businesses overseas. So I was in the US quite a bit, in Europe quite a bit. And basically was able to research and get my hands on anything I, I wanted because I was now in, in that in industry and in that commercial world. So I was able to look at what was available and say, hey, we, we need this here in Australia. Actually, it was ANZ. I actually looked after Australia and New Zealand, all of oncology for Australia and New Zealand. And let's wow. g- give it a go. And so within those partnerships came you know, deals and contracts and, and you know, very ethical because I am a very ethical person and were was able to implement and innovate some 
technology that never, ever would have made it. And we mm. now were able to treat patients differently. We were able to treat prostate pa patients in particularly of a, you know, with a more focused dose and limit the amount of radiation that went to other areas of the body, breast cancer, uh, brain tumours, you know, and that was almost an explosion in, in technology and innovation. And I was with them for about 16 years. I wow. absolutely loved it. I did a lot of training, did a lot of training in Southeast Asia as well, and then became a guest lecturer. And I've been lecturing for a long, long time in both Australia and, and New Zealand for medical students, engineers, medical physicists, uh, nurses, anyone really in the technology space and what's yeah. out there, what other wow. areas there are for them to dive into even if they're not sure of where they want to go, they're all these options and, and even expose them to some of these technologies and some of the machinery and some of the types of patients that they may see when they do their clinical studies and go out on prac so they can mm. actually invest properly in their education and in their pathway of where they want to go. And I love doing that. I, I love yeah. speaking. I love, you know, lecturing and, and also training and being able to give people information. For me, it's really important, and it always has been, to share information if you have mm. knowledge. I mean, a lot of people use it against people and say, well, I've got information and keep it to myself because yep. that gives me an advantage. But it doesn't. No. Yeah, it it no. doesn't at all. You know, share the knowledge. You're still going to be the expert. People are still going to come to you for the answers, but you've been able to develop others and give them ideas and confidence mm. and also uh, an area of, of exploration that they wouldn't have thought of before. Mm. Yeah, I to totally agree. I love that. I think that your the stuff you do in with the lecturing, you know, in unis and other places, that's got to be invaluable because often and I used to be a teacher, you know, of um, disability, you know, in, in a TAFE. And so you'd only get, and it's not until people are out in the field or working, like I still had hands-on in the field, you know, when I was teaching. And I think that stuff is so damn important because you're bringing real life stuff into an area where they're not seeing real life stuff. And I, I think that that's um, amazingly valuable you know it's invaluable you know that sort of stuff it's and so uh, so you did that and then so is it only last year that you set up your consulting I remember you you know you you're putting your logo up and guess what I've got a new logo and I loved it and it's a beautiful <laughs> logo it's so you but um so it, it's it's only you know the last year that you've been doing that and um yeah so I moved um from from the, the company that I was with, I actually moved to a very large corporate organization in oncology, actually the lar largest oncology organization worldwide, the um, American-based company. Um, and I found for me it's, um, well, being a, a director and then stepping into a, a CEO or MD role, I found being removed from the clinic and the technology just wasn't my thing. I found that there were so many gaps mm. between what people know and what they need to know. And yeah. that's what I wanted to work on. Being in this big organization didn't allow me to do that. So I actually started my business back in 2018, but didn't 
have an opportunity to really explode because I was always on planes. Mm. I was, you know, working endless hours up in the middle of night doing, you know, having meetings and webinars with the states and with Europe and and you know my responsibility was 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 to you know the corporate organization yeah. so that sort of took a back step but i really really wanted to give it a go because i could see what was mm-hmm. happening in the industry and this is not just in oncology this is in sort of all technology including life sciences health tech biotech pharma where that gap and that that skills gap is getting bigger and bigger and bigger So I decided to give the big corporate job um, a miss. I I decided to leave and concentrate on something that I really loved. I want to, I've always wanted to do it and put my heart and soul, put my heart and soul into everything, but I really wanted to make a difference. Mm. And I restructured the business in a certain way. Funnily enough, it was a certain way until I actually did your off the bench workshop when we first met ages and ages ago that I actually repositioned the business based on that and from there is where I now am really starting to get a lot of influential companies that are coming to me for um, programs and frameworks and systems to be able to you know as we say bridge the gap between technology and business so what I've found Mm. is that there's a lot of really experienced medical technical scientists within a within a company they come up with these great ideas and mm. they you know implement you know the the, the blueprints and and they they develop and, and manufacture a, a fantastic product and that's at one end of, of the of the spectrum and the other end of the spectrum you've got you know business executives that know how to run a business sometimes they don't but you know quite mm. a, mostly they do um and they're you know finance based or you know management based and corporate based and really don't understand the 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 goodness and and that gold nugget that they're sitting on of technology that their their people have developed and mm. they don't know what to do with it and so you've got this great product that can't be commercialized or get to market and you've got these these executives that you know are looking at, at revenue of a business and saying, well, why you know why can't we sell it? But there's, there's there's just no no sort of meshing in between. And having both that clinical and that business experience is where we come in to be able to join both ends with certain processes and frameworks and a lot of behavioural work as well. So we make sure that these fantastic products that have been developed are getting to the right people. They are getting to the right businesses, to the right, to the customer, to the consumer, and ultimately to the patients that really need it. Now, when I first decided to do this, I thought I'm either crazy, which that would surprise (laughs) me, or a genius because no one in my industry has ever done this. So it was either I'm either, People have done it and and tried it and it hasn't worked or no one's really thought about it. And what I'm discovering is no one's really thought about it or they've had the experience to be able to do it. So I'm trying to make a really big difference here if I can. And Mm. that's really important. That's how I end up, um, yeah, developing the business and, and growing the business. And my logo, it is a circle because I... I, I'm very geometric and that also comes from being in, in medicine. Um, and I find that being a circle, it's just a, it's, it's a never ending course of innovation and research and development 
there is, and there's, there's sort of dots on the inside of the big circle because every now and then we have to stop and pause. Every now and then we come up against something that we haven't expected or, or we've got an obstacle. So, but then we move on and we move on to the next step. And, and that's where, where the logo came from. Oh, and I love it. I, I love it. And I love that you're saying, you know, well, you were saying, you know, you're genius or no one's ever, or, or you're stupid, you know, but then saying that no one's ever thought of it, you know, and I'm sitting there going, oh, fantastic. But then the other part of me said, oh, wait a minute, that's not fantastic. It's like, it's a fantastic for you, but it's kind of like, wow, what a shame, you know, what a, what a shame that that's been such a big gap for such a long time, do you know? And but I think it's um, bloody wonderful what you're doing. Did you um, did you when you decided to really quit the corporate world and launch into that? Did you come up against fears or oh shit, what if I fail? Oh, you know, what if this doesn't work? You know, is this going to affect my reputation in the medical world? Did you? Were you faced with that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in 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 many ways, in 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 many forms. Um, I I was petrified, absolutely mm. petrified. Also because you know basically I've jumped off the cliff here, being in you know industry and corporate for such a long time and and enjoying it. But I did get to a point where I felt that I wasn't at my best, and for me. I was almost disappointing myself so, and I could see this need and, and a lot of it is a recognized need, but in some aspects, it's an unrecognized need for a lot of businesses too. Mm. And, you know, I had support of, of family and friends that have you know known that I've wanted to do this for so long. So they sort of, you know, gave me a bit of encouragement, but I actually thought, oh my gosh. And, and, and sometimes, you know, I still do. What am I doing? What decision have I made? Have I made the right decision? Am I nuts? I am nuts. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Why? So one day I'm I'm crazy. The next minute I'm not. You know, it's it it is hard. But when what I found was the turning point for me, and there's a lot to say about this actually, is when I decided and I sat down with my husband and my family and said, you know, I'm actually going to do this. I'm actually going to get off the bench. I'm actually going <laughs> to do this and make this work. And, yeah. you know, I, I've, I've got so much passion, dedication and devotion to this. The minute that I, my, my mindset changed from, oh, I don't know, I'm really scared, I don't know what to do, maybe I will, maybe I won't, and sitting on the fence um, mm. to, yep, let's go for it. And what I actually did is made that following Monday, my first day of work at my new job and having that mindset of I am now immersed in this business and I have got people telling me that they need they need my help and, and when can I work with them? So that gives me encouragement and I'm yep. totally dedicated. That whole mindset, that whole mindset shift, mm. it's a little bit hard to say, uh, just um, was an yeah, absolute turning point. It was a pivot point. Yeah. And from there, it's like, you know what, I'm still scared and I'm still a little bit hesitant. And sometimes I think, you know, there's, you know, like I said before, that self, that self, you know, in, in a mm. critic of, you know, do you really think you, you're going to pull yeah. this off? Well, actually, yeah, I am. 
I am because this is a really good cause. It's a really good product, so to speak. It's a good service. It's needed. And there are so many people that will benefit from it. So that's what keeps me going now. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And and I love that you're saying, you know, when you decide, and I always say this, and it's written on all my, you know, pieces of paper on my workshop forms, you know, that it's, it's, you, you know, you dream it and decide to do it and then, and then take action. And that deciding to do it, that, that is more profound. And you've just explained it really well, you know, it's more profound than people think it is, you know, once you actually decide the universe does, cons- well, call it the universe, call it whatever the hell you want, but everything starts to line up. Everything starts to line up and it happens because you, and I love the word you're using, immerse yourself. You know, once you actually start to immerse yourself, things do start shifting and you start noticing, wow, I didn't see that before. I didn't notice that before. And it's, and I like also that you're saying about um, you still have days where it's like, I am crazy. I'm not crazy. I am crazy. I'm not crazy. Because you know, even me, I, I sort of, you know, I'm always spruiking, get off the bench, get off the bench, do your thing. You know, you're going to love life and, you know, might as well do it and everything else. But, you know, I'm not for one minute, not going to say to people that you, you won't have, you know, days where one day you're up, one day you're down, one day you're up, one day you're down. I have one day I'm up, one day I'm down. Do you, you know, it, it because. Absolutely. Yep. It's a roller coaster, own. as they say. Yeah. It's a cliche. I hate using cliches because they're so in the box and not outside the box, but um, it it, it is a roller coaster ride. One minute you're on a high and the next minute you're not. And that is natural, Mm. but what I find, it keeps you on your toes. If you're always on a high, I think it would (laughs) keep you, it would make you complacent. Yeah, I agree. You you wouldn't grow, you wouldn't develop, you, Mm. you wouldn't be able to push yourself beyond and I'm not saying just beyond your comfort zone, but I'm talking beyond that yeah. because yeah. it's almost like those downs are a little bit of a, a kick in the guts and it's like, well, actually, yeah. you know, it brings you back down to earth and you mm. need that. You need that reality yeah. check because it in, then empowers you to push yourself further and everybody yeah. feels it uh, and I feel it and you feel it and it's okay to feel mm. like that. In, in in fact, that's it's a natural thing and you should feel that because it's only going to make you stronger. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that we, we uh, you know, as humans, we are scared of the roller coaster. We're scared of the ups and downs, you know, but as, you know, it's kind of like when, and, and I'm not, not picking, but sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. You know, when people are like, for example, on antidepressants, you know, and it's just kind of like I'm just in a, a flat kind of mode to keep me stable well that's great and it's needed for a lot of people but but that that sort of state of just just this constant state you know that there's yeah constant state of melancholy really yeah yeah and and I'm now some people need it so I'm not criticizing that but what I'm saying is that if you if you can mentally cope with ups and downs it there is so much um so much opportunity in it, you know, you, you learn, you grow, you, you hurt, you know, and it's the, the extremes, you know, I'm so excited, man, I'm hurting, you know, and, and that all that growth in between there is, is incredible. And if, you know, if you can cope with it, do cope with it, you know, because wow, what you learn from that, you know, where you, how you grow is, um, 
Oh, I could go on about that for ages, but it's um Your such achievements a- are are escalated when you go from yeah. when you are riding that roller coaster, those highs yeah. give you that real sense of achievement and acknowledgement and appreciation. Yeah. And I think it's really important to appreciate your worth and your value. Yeah. And you know, we're we're so quick to say, I'm hopeless at this or I'm no good at this, or why do I even decide to do this? Because I just can't do it. Well, actually, you can do it. And we all feel that. But when you then overcome that and achieve and you you appreciate, well, actually, I did a pretty good job. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I I know. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's often that we fear well, fear failure, of course, but the fear of um, people are going to laugh at me, people are going to criticize me, people will reject me if I'm a failure, but that's bullshit because really when you think about people gossiping, you know, it's kind of, oh, did you hear about Leanne? I, I see she failed. Oh, yeah, terrible. What What are you having for dinner tonight? You know, this is how conversations happen. It's like, why would we even care? Because I, I remember, you know, getting with Nikki and she said, oh, you know, people are saying this. And I said, Don't, let them go. They'll say it for two weeks until the next big thing happens. And then they'll forget about it. You know, and this is what people do. It's kind of like you're the highlight for two minutes and then the next thing happens. And then it's kind of like, yeah, you're old news. You can and- turn that around too, Karen, if people are talking about you it's actually a positive thing that you're actually Woo-hoo! making an impact <laughs> that's exactly right oh I you're newsworthy yeah that's right I've got I I'm really um I couldn't care less if people are talking about me I just think you know like it's I couldn't care less because yeah. it's um but it's but pointless. some people do a lot of people do you know I did I used to care about it but it's um you can't change anything and, and you just gotta stay in your own lane and do your thing. Stick with your own lane and just bloody focus on it. But anyway, God, I'm loving this. I, I could talk to you all bloody day because I just, you know, you just, <laughs> I love you. You're, you're you're a bundle of wisdom. You're a bundle of inspiration. You know, you, you're so, um, you're wise. You know, it's it's kind of like when, you, when you're talking, it's coming from a, a real deep place of considered Thanks. thought. And I, Thanks, Karen. <laughs> oh, I love Thanks. it. And I know you. You might argue with me on yeah, <laughs> on yeah. some days. You know, no, I'm just yeah, no, nutty. not a, yeah. Now today's my nuts day. I'm actually feeling yeah. a bit nutty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, no, I, I love I love your considered thought. I really I love that. So, and I think there's been so many um, you know, pearls of wisdom I- through this episode. So I I'm, hope I'm, so. I, I I really do. And the other thing yeah, too is so. if you feel flat, or if you feel that you need something else or there's something else in your life or even look, you know, if you are starting a new business uh, or wanting to, have a look and see what you have and then what you don't have and what you need because you can always learn more. You can always ask for help and there's – you. We need to understand there's a lot more support around us than what we realise. I agree. And that's awesome. So, and really it's not a weakness to say, you know, can you give me a hand or, or what do you think about this? It's actually intelligent and 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 mature and clever because you're actually, well, not only are you using, getting someone else's opinion, but you're exploring different ways to make your own self better. That's brilliant. Yeah. It really it is. is. And you're expanding your knowledge. You're expanding its you know, we're not, we're not here to shrink. We're here to grow. And it's, um, and 
we can't do it on our own. We absolutely can't do it on no our way. own. No way. No way. And who would want to? It's not much fun. No, it's <laughs> not. No, COVID's taught us that, hasn't no, it? That's Lost right. in our little boxes. Yeah. <laughs> and when, and when we're successful, we want to celebrate with people. And, yeah. and and if we are feeling down the dumps, we want someone there to make us a cup of tea. So yeah. we don't want to be by ourselves. Yeah. Now I want to ask you. You've kind of you've have sort of um, hit on hit, hit on a few of these things anyway. Oh, actually, before I do, um, you have got blogs too. You know, you you call, you say you're a writer and a keynote, but writing is that um, is that solely about your business blogs on your website, or is there a book? Are we are we getting a book soon? <laughs> I Come wish. On. Now you're putting pressure on me. <laughs> My blogs are are not just about the business. They're about business in general. Um, They are about your strategy in business, technology, tools and and, and tips within business and also within, you know, that that, the technology world, Uh, the changing world as well. And also I uh, have an article there on designing, which I've called Designing Your your career, which is, for, I did that earlier in the piece. And that was for people that really were deciding on whether to continue in their line of work because of what had happened with the pandemic or wanted a change uh, mm. or had lost their jobs and mm. wanted to think just to give, and it's, it's not like get off the bench. It was just more of it's okay, there are other opportunities and, and mm. this is what you can do with these opportunities. So it's, it's it's more about that. A book, I would love to write a book. I am currently writing some just some smaller e-books at the moment and they aren't just on technology. I do uh, teach a lot of, of management skills and leadership skills within the programs yep. and the frameworks, a lot of time management skills yep. and business strategies and yep ways to grow a business and get the right resources without burnout because yep, it seems fantastic. that we're you know running around in circles and, and yep. we can we, you know this this roller coaster that goes up and down up and down and we never get off it even to you know mm. to have a toilet break. It's just constant. So even you know behavioral and, and managing your own time and, and mindset tools as well. Mm. And um, and I do a, quite a bit of mentoring also with you know CEOs of smaller businesses that yeah. just need support and guidance in how to manage yeah. manage their business and manage their time. Fantastic! You're a busy person, but I still want the book. Yeah, yeah. You'll have the, the e-books book personally <laughs> signed. Personally yeah. signed. You have the first copy. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm just putting pressure on you, aren't I? Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I love it. I, I, love I wouldn't it. expect you, you... anything different. <laughs> I think I've been p- putting pressure on you since the day I met you, but anyway. <laughs> no, <laughs> come on, it. come on. Yeah, love it. Love it. It's good. Uh, Keep no, you're just on seeing... my toes. That's what we need. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, you're, just a, you're a gem. You really are. And I, oh, thanks, you, Karen. Really, you're really immersed and really... Um, really dynamic and it's so such an inspiration to people now on that subject and you inspiring people um so this podcast is about inspiring people to get off the bench as you know to do that thing now in your case you've uh, followed your passion and went out on your own so you could have a bigger impact what would you say to others that might be a bit too scared to back themselves 
even if they think they can make a difference? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is go for it and mm. you'd be crazy not to. I know that's easier said than done. Yeah. But we all I want those people to understand that we all are hesitant. We all worry about whether we're going to fail or not. We mm. all worry that we're not going we won't achieve what we expect to achieve and we have these expectations of ourselves mm. and as i said before there's these doors and these opportunities that that are there and how do you know that you're not going to achieve exactly what you want and more if you don't actually step through that so mm. you've got to think about what have you got to lose you've got this dream that you or even an idea that you've always wanted to do, or it might even be an idea that you've just thought of and you've decided, geez, I really, really want to do mm. that. You know, what's stopping you? Nothing's stopping you. And, and even if you decide down the track that it's not for you, okay, that's fine, but you've given it a go. You've given yeah. yourself purpose and you've achieved as much as you possibly can. I I'm all for developing. I'm all for learning. Um, I mean, I went to, to, to Harvard, you know, whilst, mm. you know, reigniting mm. the, the business. I, I went to Harvard Business and Harvard Medical School. You know, we, we can actually juggle a lot more than what we realise. And especially yes. if we love it. You need to understand that, you know, if you've got the passion and the desire and especially if, you really want to help people, you, you, you'll get it done and you'll do it. And I encourage everyone and all of you to do so. And I'd be disappointed if you didn't give it a go. Oh, well, you're putting down the body, throwing down the gauntlet, aren't you? That's right. Come on, Come on everybody. Because I know that people have it in them. They just so don't do realise it. Yeah. And when you said there, that's great advice. You know, when you said, um, even if even if it doesn't work out, it's great practice. It's yeah. you know it's kind of like wow, you know what? I actually did this, and I did more than I thought I could do, and I do need to shift it a little, you know, because that wasn't quite right. But you've no, really, an idea spin all off those skills. That's yeah, right. Ideas spin they off do. from you might go down one path and go, oh, this is not heading the way that I really wanted or really liked. But then an idea will spin off from that. And yeah. you go, well, actually, I might take a small portion of what I'm doing here and convert it and reposition it into something, you know, part, part A into part B. And I've now come up with C, which is brilliant, which I never yeah. ever would have come to or achieved if I sat on the bench. Yeah, I agree. And I always say that when I'm teaching it is, is that have a vision and the vision is where you're headed to, because if you don't have a vision, you won't, you won't bloody move. You won't go anywhere, you know, but, but that vision always moves. You know, I've, I've rarely seen that vision sit still for people, you know, as they start to, as you say, get into it, they're like, oh, wait a minute. You know, but but it's not until you're into it, you know, that you can start to see a lot of stuff. So, and and you know, I forgot to ask you, why did you go to Harvard? Like, I'm I'm not a big university person, um, so I don't know. But I do hear a lot about Harvard. Is it the best in the world, or you know, why did you go Harvard? There? Wow, what do I say? Um, I actually really proud that I'm a Harvard graduate. I'm I, I worked hard. Um, yeah. So for me. I, I've always wanted to go to Harvard um, physically, though. Um, I've been to yeah. Boston a couple of times and I've been as, as, as a visitor to, to Harvard University. 
And from the get-go, I've wanted to be a graduate from Harvard. What I did initially as I went to Harvard Business School because I found that there was sort of, well, what I did was corporate finance because I found that was an area that's I needed help um, moving. And I had a lot of business skills because I've been in business for a long time. I've, of course, had all the clinical, medical and scientific skills. But that that, that corporate financial um, expertise I did not ha- not have, and, and I'm by no means an expert, but I needed a clearer understanding of that side of the business, especially I thought, and, and, and it turned out to be true when I'm dealing with bigger businesses and bigger corporations, I want to have an understanding. So that's why I did that. Harvard Medical School, I did genetics, genomics, uh, precision oncology, and um, therapeutics. For me, genetics and genomics is where all of technology and, and, and medicine is going. There, there's there's been breakthroughs, especially even with the genomics, with you know COVID testing and DNA sequencing. Mm. That's the way that we are heading. No, yeah. no matter what, even in in any kind of medical industry. And for me, wanting to always have at my fingertips the best tools, I decided that I wanted to get right, get my teeth stuck right into into genetics, and into mm. sequencing, and get much clearer understanding of where technology was going. So that's what I decided to do. And I actually did a couple of modules simultaneously to, to, to speed up the, yeah, the process, which was good. I wanted to sort of fast track a little bit and that's exactly what I did. Wow. And I completed that about uh, six weeks ago. Yes, I remember seeing that. You were very excited. I was <laughs> yeah. excited for you. It's 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 um so I understand, yeah, I, I do. It is and I do know that Harvard has um got an exceptional name. It's kind of like for me as a muso, I want to go to Berkeley, you know, yeah. but I, yeah. I've sort of yeah. dropped my music a bit, you know, and, yeah. and so it's kind of dropped off my list a bit. But I, I understand it's kind of got the same similar a similar theme to it. But when you um do you sleep? No. No, <laughs> and that's a that is literally a one-word answer. Um, I, I know what you mean because I'm busy, but I actually am a really bad sleeper, and I'm actually trying to. Um, one of the tools I use it's, a, it's a, an app that someone recommended to me called Insight Timer. Yeah, and um, to be honest, it, it's a really boring lady's voice um, <laughs> that I think is supposed <laughs> is supposed to unstimulate. Um, your yeah. mind, which, and that's exactly what I, I, I need. So I, I go to bed, you know, wound up highly, yeah. sti- like, you know, my, my mind, yeah. it just doesn't stop. I'm always thinking. I, I, I feel that if I'm not thinking that I'm wasting time, which is really silly, that's something I need to work mm. on. So I tried this, um, but then I got bored of it. So yeah, I, I'm not, I, I don't sleep a lot, unfortunately. And I, I do need to work on that this year trying to just give my body a rest. Yeah, it's important. It's sleep so important. I'm lucky because I'm I'm like you. I think, think, think all the bloody time. It's just except I can have a coffee five minutes before going to bed and I'm I hit the pillow and I'm out in two minutes and I, I'm a I, I'm a great sleeper. So Jeez, that's I'm so good. bloody I'm thankful. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm thankful. You can be jealous. I'm thankful because, my God, if I didn't sleep, I'd be like, oh, my God, you know, the the amount of energy I put out from my poor body, you know, (laughs) I definitely need it. But anyway, this has been this has been absolutely wonderful. Now, where can um, people find you? 
Okay. So website, Insta, Facebook. Yeah, a couple of different places. My website, which is leannellichconsulting.com. I'm on Instagram, Leanne Ellich, Facebook, LinkedIn, Leanne Ellich. You just Google Leanne Ellich and you'll just pop up here, there and everywhere. Um, and, and, and Twitter also. So, but mainly, yeah, Insta, LinkedIn, and uh, and my website, and um, yeah, please feel yeah. free to 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 hop on there and send me a message or even a hi. Always happy to yeah to get uh, to say hello. And I'll put all that in the show notes um, so that people can link on them and um, and get to you. And um, yeah, hopefully you'll meet some new people through this and, you know, people get to meet you. And I just, uh, I love what you've shared. Absolutely love what you've shared. And it's, uh, you know, you, you, you're, I see you're getting off the benches, you know, just having so much compassion for people and so much um desire you know to bridge the gap and to make a better world and you you've you've taken you've gotten off the bench in so many different ways you know just trying to make a better world for other people and um you, you know I admire that admire that deeply it's thank, so, thank you so special. I feel like in a way almost cartwheeled off the bench you know I <laughs> <laughs> I um you know I just I don't do things in halves, as you know. So yeah. it's like if I'm if I'm gonna you know get off the bench, then do it with rocket launches, and I and I yeah. think that's a good way to do it because then you're you're you're, you're committed and and you're determined. Um, yeah. But I have to say, I loved this podcast. I love speaking to you, and thank you so much for the opportunity. And I could speak all day with you, e- <laughs> easy peasy. <laughs> Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I just hope that, uh, yeah, I've given some people some insight and a uh, little bit of uh, a little bit of a nudge if uh, if they need it. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate your time. Well, it's my absolute pleasure. I appreciate your time too, and I I know that people will um, be, have a little nudge. But I just I really hope that people uh, particularly take your bit about just give it a crack, you know, and and have the courage to go and do it, and and you know see what happens, and yeah, look at look at all the people who have done it, and, and things are working for them. So yep, it can right. work. It's, we're only going up and up and up. Yep, like exactly. a balloon. <laughs> yeah. Like only- and we don't do helium balloons. <laughs> no. oh, bad, bad. bad. No, no. <laughs> uh, onwards and upwards. There's so much for us to be thankful for. And there's still so much out there for us to achieve. So let's yeah. do it. There really is. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I'm going to talk to you again anyway, but uh, because I can't help myself, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to sign off this episode, but, uh, uh, but I absolutely love talking to you. So thank you so much. Thanks, Karen. I, I absolutely loved it. And thank you everybody for listening. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Catch you soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Oh, guys, that was fantastic. I, you know, I really, really love the energy that Leanne brings to the table. I really do. And just the fact that she's so... Um so compassionate, you know, about the, the, the people that she's trying to serve and, the you know, the, the whole medical industry, the whole medical thing, you know, as she said, you know, the, the, it's not an easy thing to navigate and particularly when you're feeling crook or when there's something wrong with you, you know, it's quite a scary place and I guess, you, you, you know, you do want to know that the people that are taking care of you have really got their heart in it and, 
you know, I guess you also want to know, well, no, I don't guess, you do want to know that the equipment that, you know, is being, that's being used on you is, is actually the most up to date and the best that there is out there. So, and I think also that, um, you know, there is a lot of uh, need. Well, there obviously is a big need for uh, business and technology to come together, which Leanne has identified the gap. And, and like she says, she's either crazy or a genius. And, um, you know, I think she's a genius because she identified that gap and she launched into it, but not because there was a gap, because she genuinely cared about you know, you know, what wasn't there for people. I just absolutely love it. Love it. And, you know, when she talked about being a baby, uh, being a, not a baby, a kid, you know, and having the game operation, you know, and she'd dress up with a nurse's outfit and a stethoscope. And uh, it, it, it brought me back to my childhood. And by the way, I'm a, a long way from being a doctor or being in the medical field, but I used to have a stethoscope that I got when I was about seven or eight from my uncle who worked at Monash uni and um, I don't know I used to ride my bike with this stethoscope around my neck and I used to go up and down the, the street with it on and one of my neighbors called me Dr. Tom and you know that became my nickname I guess then you know I thought I was I was really proud of being called Dr. Tom with my stethoscope I, I think they're actually just taking the piss out of me but anyway either way um I remember how good that felt to have that stethoscope. I don't know whether I thought I was going to fix people or I just thought that um, I was bloody cool. But anyway, I don't think I'm going to do any raving this week because I think I've been on um, a little bit of, a bit of slow time because of Christmas and New Year and I've been trying to have a break. We've been planting lavender bushes everywhere and our garden looks really really lovely so I think I'm on a bit of a, a lavender dream you know and uh, don't really feel like going crook and having my normal rant so anyway you're off the hook this week anyway um, again thank you so much for joining me um, let's go into 2021 together and really embrace this year and really look forward to uh, the amazing guests that this year's going to bring and that's it I'll catch you next week see ya Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.